Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast with Danielle and Kirsten, who are best friends and active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is not an official podcast of the Church. This is a safe place for sisters to gather through conversations to draw closer to Christ. Hello, friends. How are you guys? So grateful to be back here with you this week. This is Danielle Daniel, and I'm here with my best friend. Hey, it's Kirsten. Hi, everyone. <laughs> we love, of course, talking with you guys and chatting, and it's been really inspiring. You know, just uh, for me, being able to reflect on my week and how I've been able to learn and um, grow closer to Christ. So, you know, what we do is we decided that every other week, um, or yeah, every other week we would uh, trade off, like just saying hello and also just choosing, kind of guiding the the discussion and a topic or, you know, whatever I want to discuss. And then the next week, obviously Kirsten goes what she wants to discuss. So that's kind of why we trade off and it's, it's been great. So as I've been thinking, you know, what do I want to talk with my best friend about and all my beautiful sisters that are out there listening? <laughs> all my best friends. You're all my best friends. I know <laughs> everybody. And you know, I, the, it was interesting because I felt like I had to have this grandiose story and I don't, but it, an actual experience did come to my mind and I didn't really understand even what context to share it in. So we're just going to do it as a discussion. And then I asked, and this was really interesting. I, I was in a meditation where I do my PPM, right? I call it, it's a pray, ponder, meditate, just where again, I'll explain it where I'll either pray um, and then I'll sit and just listen. So I'm kind of meditating um, and then I'll have a concept or maybe something I'm praying about that I ponder about and just, try to gain mental clarity. Uh, honestly, I'm just gaining the Savior's insights because when we look at like, there's so many ways to look at life and look at things, but there's really only one way that is seeing things through God's eyes. And if it's not a hundred percent through God's eyes, and let's just say it's like mingled, right? Then we know that's from the other side, from darkness. And so it's either divine or dark. And I tell actually a lot of my friends that we chat about when they're saying something and I, I'll ask them, I'll like, well, do you think that's a divine thought or a dark thought? And they're like, Oh, you're right. It's dark. I'm like, right. So let's scratch that. Like get rid of it. You know, it's no good. It's like, why would you drink that milk if it's all curdled? I'm sorry, just cause it's milk. <laughs> or even if it's like a little bit curdled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even if it's like 2% curdled, like, ugh. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't do your body any good. <laughs> <laughs> no bueno, my friend. No, it does not do a body good. So, so anyway, I was thinking, you know, um, as I was, okay, so I was doing my PPM, that's where I went, you know, so I love that time because I really, I want to see things how God sees them. I'm not looking to form like all my all extravagant opinions or watch Hollywood and see what they think. You know, I really want to know how God sees things. But anyway, back to, so I, I was pondering and asking, like, it was really interesting. I've, we, we've talked about listening to your thoughts and we have three sources of our thoughts, right? That Christ, he's the Holy spirit, the light of Christ that actually enlightens your mind and speaks to you. We have our own where usually it's like we're questioning, we're trying to figure out this experience in life. And we're like, huh? <laughs> and then we have um, Satan and his, you know, legions, his, his negative dark energy that definitely, you know, um, can penetrate like the internet does on our phones. You know, it can connect to us too. And as long as we are keeping that on the, you know, of 
search mode, like I'm searching for internet, it can penetrate into our minds and into our thoughts. And so paying attention to those. So um, I, when I was listening to my thoughts and I asked in, in my heart, like, Heavenly Father, what would you want me to say tonight to, you know, my, my sister friends and your daughters? And it was funny. It was amazing. One thing came right to my mind and it, and it wasn't from me. It was just like this immediate like answer to my question. It said, tell them that I love them and that I know them. It was really sweet. And I went, okay, I'll start off with that. So it was just beautiful, just a thought. And here's the great thing is, you know, we have so many thoughts. And when we realize that they're divine, it, then the spirit, when you go, oh my gosh, that was from him. And when you realize it and you believe it, then the spirit will confirm that with you. So I want you guys to know that was the immediate thing that came to my head was that he's so much about love. Like tell them that I love them. That was what the main, that was just what came to my head. And that is, I don't know, that's just the most beautiful thing. And I think like us knowing that he loves us can help us love ourselves better. Don't you think that that's like the foundation of our self-worth is self, our self-love. We do all these things. Oh, you should self-care, do this, do this. But our foundation isn't going to the spa. It's going to our heavenly father. Yeah, that is the ultimate self-care. When you said that, tell them that I love them and I, and I know them, right? Is that what you said? I know them. It made me think about um, like Heavenly Father as a real person. And I think too often we kind of walk around in this mortal existence and we're just living, living the dream, you know, living our life. And we don't, maybe we don't even dare to conceptualize him as our heavenly father, like a father. So I even went a step further and I thought, so Danielle's dad is telling me he loves me and he knows me. You know what I mean? And I know your dad, right? And so I'm like, what if this really was her dad? Who's like, hey, tell Kirsten, you know, cause you were just, you saw him in September, right? You were just with your earthly father in September. So what if he really was like, hey, tell Kirsten, I know her and I love her. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, what a sweetie. Oh, thank you so much. Like, you know, and I I would kind of think to myself, well, I mean, does he really know me? Yeah. He knows who I am, but like, does he really know me? Does he know what's going on with me? But, but what you're really saying to us is, Hey, my dad, who also happens to be your father too. Like he wanted me to remind you that he loves you and he knows you. So maybe we could have a little bit of a deeper discussion around believing that and what are the barriers to believing that? Not just knowing like, oh, that's nice. So that's cute. Yeah, that's like a, you know, overall theme of a, you know, lifetime, but like really believing so strongly as if this was and is your real father. What do you feel like blocks even you or I? Like, I don't know. What are those things that, I mean, we know it's Satan, but it's more than that. Like, it's more of like this physical body, this existence. Um, Actually, I had a kind of lesson come to me one time when I was really fasting and praying about things. And I felt like every single day I get this, I accumulate this dust on me. You know, I'm like, it's like I live in this world where there's this dust and I got to like shake it off. I got to like get off the dust, you know? And then recently I actually was just 
studying in Second Nephi, and it's um, quoting Isaiah. And I came across the scripture, and I paraphrased it a little bit, and I actually sent it to you. So I'm going to share that scripture right now. So it talks about this dust. This it's like forgetfulness dust, right? We this is what makes us forget. It says, "Awake, awake! Put on thy strength. Put on thy beautiful garments." Shake thyself from the dust. Arise, sit down, loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. <laughs> That's becoming like a mantra for me. I wrote it in my journal. I'm like, wow. Like the band, or he's like saying, like, loose that. Yeah, like get that band off of your neck. What is that? Like I, when I think about something on my neck, I'm like, ugh, get that off of me. I don't know what that is, but like, yeah, or I kind of do know what it is, right? But actually, I even think me saying I don't know what that is is a trick, right? That's actually part of the trick. The first step is knowing what that is. What is that that is strangling you? What is that that is like forcing you to kind of be chained to this, to this wall, if you will. And it like all this dust is settling on you and you're like, Oh my gosh, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I just had an interesting, as you were saying that, and I was thinking, okay, strangulation, right. But what really happens in strangulation is it cuts off your mind from your heart and stops your mm -hmm. heart from pumping. And mm -hmm. I realized like with, with we're, when we're in tune with divine and the spirit um, and feeling that divine I mean, you feel like balanced. You feel like completely connected body, heart, mind, right? And what's the opposite is basically when you are, you know, buying into um, what's Satan's ideology and his biggest yeah. uh, tool is like you said, I don't know, but it's really, that's the tool. It's uh -huh. him remaining anonymous and like, I don't know. I don't know why I feel that way. I'm like, well, I do because... Uh -huh. He's a jerk and <laughs> yeah, you know, right. I choose, yeah, NBFF and I choose not to believe. I choose not to. And it, you know, what's interesting. I was, I met with um, one of my girlfriends this, um, that I actually do business with as well. And we met on Friday and we had such a great time and, and it's, we have to pay attention to the stories in our heads. And it's, it's easier for me to pay attention to her story, she's saying. And so I'm not trying to pinpoint any fingers. I have plenty of um, things, but one of the things she kept saying, and I recognized, she's like, "Oh, it's just so hard." I know, but it's just so hard. And she said that so many times. And I said, finally, I go, "Well, is it?" And she's like, kind of threw back, like, "Huh?" And I'm like, "Is it really hard?" She goes, "Well, yeah." And I'm like, "Well, why? Why is it not easy?" And yeah. so she's like, "Well, I don't know." And I was like, "Well, because you believe it's hard." So I said, "So what if you change that?" And she goes, "It's easy." She goes, oh, that feels better to say. I'm like, exactly. It's <laughs> that it. simple of like just flipping a switch in your head. And mm -hmm. it really is that simple. I know it, it sounds like, oh, no, it's not. Because we want to hold on to, right? We oh want to hold God. on to this. So yes. then I ask, so I, I had her do this little, um, little kind of therapy work has mm -hmm. being a therapist and all right. So I had her go, well, what need does it serve you to feel like it's hard? And I said, just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. What is the need that serves by knowing that it's hard? And so and again, she processed and she goes, well, 
because it keeps me feeling mediocre, which helps me relate to my mother. And I, and it was just what came to her head. And it was like this really interesting Whoa. thing. And, and instead of analyzing it, like, well, I don't know if I really mean that. And well, I don't know. And go just, I just said, just let's talk about the first thing that comes there and let's just go with it. And so, so she did, and we went with it and she just realized you're right. I've been wanting to relate to my mother and thinking it's hard. So I remain mediocre and I don't really play big and I don't really succeed. And so I love that we have this um, ability to go, okay, I can change the story. That's the first step. Okay. I got to recognize the story. I'd say that's the first step. What's your uh -huh. story? Uh -huh. and, and so what's the story? Is it really serving you? Right. Well, it's in a, in a good way to become closer to the savior. So what's the story of the awareness? The second part is um, changing it into what really will be beneficial but and then the, before, in order for that to be beneficial, you need to go, well, what is it serving you now so that you can recognize? And so I had her go, well, in what other way can you relate to your mother? And mm -hmm. she was like, well, this and this. I said, yeah. So, and how does that feel? Just close your eyes and think about how does it feel to relate with your mother on these positive ways rather than the mediocre way? And so I would just, you know, invite you guys to the same thing. And I've been doing this on my own self, but just looking at that, like what, what is it the story I'm telling? Why am I telling it? What would I like it to be? And then just looking at how to have that need be met in a different way than mm -hmm. something that's obviously strangulation, you know, to yeah. yourself and your body. Yeah, that's so profound. So I, I knew I wanted to share this story that, of this experience that I had. Um, I wasn't sure if it was going to be now or later another time, but I, I got to share this. So I had a really profound experience this past week. Um, I'll preface this with, I did a fast back in, mm, I would say like two months ago where I was just praying. We've talked about this before. I was fasting to be closer to my savior and just, just that, just to be closer to my savior. Like, you know, and that really encompasses everything right from that. This podcast was born. And, you know, and, um, I've been attending the temple every week and, um, you know, just a few other things that I've, I've felt so much more energy to do. And I'm not, I'm not like checking boxes off the list. Like, Oh, I'm so great. I'm just saying like, I have genuinely felt like going to the temple every week and like reading and feasting on the scriptures and speaking about the gospel, you know, in depth with you and all of you every week. So I have this renewed energy. So um, a few days ago, my husband, bless his heart, he did something that really, and I mean, really pissed me off. I mean, like legit, not cool. Okay. <laughs> so nothing like terrible, like, you know, like I'm going to leave him, you know, nothing like that. But I'm just saying like, it, it irritated me. It was so just infuriating. Right. So my process, I've been married for um, 13 years and my process, I would say with, with him and even with like previous boyfriends and like probably even just kind of from my parents, like, you know, who are great. But anyway, my process, the, the routine, the process that I go through when my husband makes me mad is that was wrong. I can't, you know, my first process is like, okay, I'm going to try to be cool. I'm going to try to be cool. And then he prods me and makes me talk. And then I just lose it, like lose my mind. I'm screaming at him. Like I got so mad, you guys, it was not cool of me, but I felt like justified and like everything in it. Anyway, so this whole fight, we've all fought with somebody, whether it's a spouse or a, 
sister or whatever, right? Anyway, so we go our separate ways. We're both super mad and we go our separate ways. We were actually at a, a, an assembly. Our children were receiving awards at an assembly. <laughs> So we sat on opposite sides of the room in this assembly because we were just like so fuming. Like I just want to punch him in the face kind of mad, right? So I'm sitting there at this assembly and, you know, cheering for all the kids or whatever. And like, it was the craziest thing. I have never experienced this. And it was making me mad at, like, it sounds weird to say like, I'm mad at the spirit because I'm not mad at the spirit, but I honestly... I got mad for about like 10 seconds. And then when we like separated and I had a chance to think about it, I was so calm. You guys, I was calm. My heart was calm. My heart was not beating fast. I felt like I was in this like protective bubble, but there was a part of me, or you might say like Satan and his followers who were just hammering on that bubble. They were like, boom, 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 boom. He's so wrong. And I can't believe it. And you can't forgive him because of this, this, and this, and he'll never do it. Like he'll do it again. If you, you know, like blah, 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 like all this stuff. And like, I was almost outside of myself observing these thoughts and kind of wanting to entertain them because I actually mentally agreed with the negative thoughts. I agree with them. So this is the part of the story that I want you guys to relate to. Like when you're in a certain situation with anyone, with yourself or with, you know, your children or your spouse or your business partners, like there are certain parts of this negative story and all these things that are happening to you, right? Or for you that you agree with. And there was a part of me that was seriously in my head, like, look to the spirit who was totally calming me. And you know why I was so calm? I already know. It was like a really big realization. I have been doing the work. I've been doing the work weekly, daily, monthly to protect myself, to hold myself in a space in the Savior's arms. I was in the Savior's arms trying to throw a fit. <laughs> it's a really interesting imagery, you guys. Like, I dare you to try it. Like, it's impossible. Okay. Like it's impossible. I jumped out of the savior's arms to yell at my husband. And then, and then like the savior's still right there so close to me because of like our daily interaction that we've been having. Like I, I, I could almost feel him kind of looking at me like, okay, you done? You know? And I'm like, no, I'm not done. I want to be mad. But like, I actually was kind of laughing. <laughs> like instead of feeling into like this depth of agony and despair that would have been my pattern before. Like I wouldn't admit it to my husband, but like, honestly, I wasn't even that mad at him. <laughs> and like, anyway, you see my point, right? It was like, wow, I have really done the work to separate the, the evil spirits, the negative thoughts, all of those low vibe things that used to be like pretty, um, like close to me, like they were common feelings so much so that I believed that they were my own. And now I've done the work and the routine and the process, the pattern to remove those negative thoughts for me for a long enough time. Not saying I'm perfect, right? Again, I did yell at my husband. I did do that, but it, it snapped me back to the savior so much faster that I almost had to like laugh at myself at how ridiculous that outburst was. And then easily go to him and say, Hey, we're cool. 
I, I see you. I see you with grace. I see that you made a mistake. I love you. And, you know, let's talk about it. We can figure it out. Like, you know, it all worked out. But it was a really interesting place to be so protected by the spirit. Yeah, I love that you shared that because a lot of times I think we want to hold on to, right? And hold on to those feelings. I, I have always wanted to hold on to them. I feel, I feel energized by that. I feel vindicated. I feel all these things, you know? So to not have it was a little strange. I was like, oh, wow. You're like, you're all grown up. <laughs> Seriously, I've completely let that go. Like, I don't even know if I like that. Maybe I want to be more like fiery. You know what I mean? I'm addicted to that, or I was addicted to holding on to that. Well, and I think it was a way of expressing your passion and that you found other outlets um, uh, spiritually that are more fulfilling to express a passion. Yeah. And that's yeah. the way I kind of see it. But what I was, you know, getting at too is how you could have held on to oh my gosh, I yelled at my husband and beat yourself up after that. But knowing that there's another part, I think that we were talking in the very beginning, what blocks us from feeling the savior is as ourselves um, feeling like we have to like beat ourselves up. Like I imagine you taking like a whip to your back, just like I have to do self penance, you know, nope, I don't deserve to feel happy. And the savior is like, are you done yelling? Cause I'm going to hug you now. <laughs> yeah. I love that, you know, and, yes. and, that, and I want to kind of uh, point out a couple of things from what you talked about is, and for some of you who I know for me, like this year has been very transformational, just fasting and getting to know your savior. And, and one, one of the fasts that I did was actually one of my friends, um, Tiffany, she had said she did this and I'm like, okay, I'll try this then. So after I had, I had fasted quite a bit to get to know my savior, I also started um, to recognize and listening to the spirit to know when I should fast because I really um, didn't, I kind of didn't for a long time, didn't really get into fasting on fast Sundays. I'd be like, all right, I'll skip two meals kind of thing. And you know, I'll think of my mom, you know, I'm not trying to, it didn't, doesn't mean I didn't have some wonderful fasts, but but in general, I started saying, well, I want to listen to the spirit of when I should fast. And it's been probably two to three times a month and sometimes on fast Sunday and sometimes not. But usually I do just because as a church we do. But it's been about two to three times a month if I listen to that. And so um, I want to back up. So you talked about fasting to get to know your Savior. Like there's nothing wrong that can come out of that. I'll tell you, <laughs> that's like the best thing you can do. Right. So yeah. the second thing I, you know, my friend Tiffany had mentioned, so I did this as well was, you know, fasting and, and imagining him. And this is the key is imagining him by you. And so Kirsten had said, I want to bring back to her story that it's almost like I could see him just like, all right, are you ready? I could see him hugging me. When we imagine that he's by our side, when we imagine that he's with us and, and just uh, think, what would he say? It's interesting that things come to your mind. And what I'm going to challenge you when you do this is recognize some of the things just seem like, like totally not coincident. Like, okay, wait a second. I didn't even imagine that. That just came to my head. And that's how you start to recognize how, how easily he is in our thoughts. And how he is always there. And so I had this Sunday that I imagined him um, at church with me because I, you know, I'm single and I'm, you know, I'm not able to have kids now. And I'm just like, okay, I'm in church. I'm by myself. Why not imagine that my Savior's with me? And so I do this a lot now. And I imagine he sits with me and just is like my 
brother that I just love going to church with and have, I'm not sitting alone or whatever. I just, and I love it. And what I feel what's when I imagine it, I feel the, this love for other people, people who get up and speak instead of kind of sometimes being like, oh, I'm annoyed by this or, you know, whatever. I feel this love and understanding. It's like me imagining him helps me feel like the love that he has for all of us, including me. And I, I really challenge you to do that because there's going to be coincidences that aren't coincidences, right? But um, that are going to be, there's going to be things, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that you would not have imagined that you're like, whoa, like it's going to testify to you that that imaginary space isn't fake. It's yeah. actually a knowledge that already exists in your mind and there's enlightenment that comes to your mind when you do it. You call upon it to bring up information for you. Wow. I think there's a little bit, at least for me, maybe not for everybody, but when you say the word imagine, it, it does seem fake. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like the, I connotate imagine with like imaginary as in like an imaginary friend. Like it's not actually like a real friend. And so I like what you're doing here is you're, you're actually, you know, you're using the word imagine, which is, is the action that you do, you know, you do create that in your mind. And the truth of it is that it actually is real. It actually is real. We just, in our brains, in our physical, human, you know, temporal bodies, have to practice it in that way of imagining. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that that, it, that is real. He is there. It's not fake. No, it's already information there. It's already knowledge you have there. And it's also knowledge, if you just think of enlightenment in general, right? It's, it's out. And so we've got like, if, we'll just, if we just look at it like internet waves, right? But we have dark waves. We've got divine waves. They're all out there. It's all in the universe and we can pull on it. That's why when people are like, well, I don't know. There's, I don't, there's nothing I can do now. It's like, it's not true. There's so many divine solutions available. You're never stuck. And I, I, um, what I love about that is when you get yourself in tune to that, like, I don't know what I want to call it. It's like this uh, divine wave, right? And rather than the dark wave, you have so many insights and things that come to your mind and things that you're just like, like, like when I was telling you guys, I was doing that meditation. I was like, what should I say? Or what should I, you know, talk about today? And all, all it was, was tell them that I love them. And I was like, Oh, like I didn't, I didn't imagine him saying that. So you just, so you know, when you start imagining these things or visualizing, right. There, there are things you're like, I didn't, I didn't just imagine me saying that. <laughs> or sometimes you'll see him. Like I've had some pretty um, cool like experiences where I have seen um, him like hugging me or holding me. And I'm like, well, okay, I didn't just imagine that. It just, it's like, it just popped in my mind without, without me going, okay, I'm going to imagine that he's wearing this. It's really a process that just comes to you. And for me, it's really helped me get to know him better, allowing him to speak to our minds that way. I love it. It's so simple and beautiful. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, it's, it's kind of along the same lines as everything that we've been talking about today. Um, actually, there was a woman at church today that was, you know, commenting on something and she said, I'm just really hard on myself. And like instantly my brain is like, ah, actually, that's not you. Like, I'm sorry, but that's not you. You know, maybe you buy into that, but 
she was saying, I just, I always, I just feel so bad about the way I do things. And, you know, and I just wanted to like, I just wanted to give her the biggest hug and be like, Hey, like FYI, that's not you. You have bought into for so long, this evil spirit that is there to keep you small. That is not you. Stop believing that that is you. It's not. And it only comes from one of two places. It's either coming from God or from Satan. And that's it, right? So you, you don't get to be like the middle ground of like, oh, sometimes I think these things. No, you don't. Sometimes you buy into these things, right? But those things are not you. They do not serve you in anything that is leaving you to believe you are anything less than an absolute divine creation of our Heavenly Father is not from him. Yeah. Anything that doesn't come from a space of love and kindness is not from him. And so right. even when people respond to you, it's helped me because I would, I was, I always want to please everybody. You know, as I grew up like a total people pleaser, um, I had a stepdad that we grew up with that if, if you didn't please him, you would get hurt. And I, and so I really, it trained me just to be this people pleaser because basically I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to get hit. I want to get smacked or choked. And that's what he would do. And so we would just, you know, I would just people please as much as possible. And what I realized is, you know, some of those behavioral patterns aren't, doesn't really serve you as an adult, let alone in certain situations. And so I had to let go of, I, you know, Hey, you can't, can't please everybody. You can't be everything to everybody all the time. Right. And when people choose to be upset with you, even if you have been a jerk, okay. And people choose to be upset with you. So this is, this is interesting. This is like really psychological. Okay. So I'm a jerk. Okay. I'm a jerk to Kirsten, let's say, and she's mad at me and she is going to be super angry with me. It's not my fault. And she's not justified to be angry at me does that make sense even though I was a jerk like it's still her choice yeah of how she responds and if people don't respond with love and kindness then they're responding through anger through the natural man which again is subject to you know Satan and his ideology and so I've realized that even if I do something wrong and I think I don't know if I shared this yet or not but I, I had a wonderful experience of being able to speak um, about psychology on, on stage in front of about, I don't know, almost 30,000 people. Yeah. And it was awesome. And I did, I felt like I did wonderful. Even though I was nervous, I felt like I did really good. And I felt, you know, great about it. Well, a few days later, this, uh, about a week later, I, cause I had posted a picture of it. This, this girl, I don't even know who she was. It was on um, social media. She decides to take her time out of her schedule to post that, that picture and say some negative things about me and called me shady. I was like, what shady? <laughs> and so, and at first, my very first reaction was, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? Cause I'm not pleasing somebody, you know? And, yeah. and I, that was my first reaction and I had to put myself in check and I went, no, if she's not coming from, first of all, I, I know I did really good. And so it wasn't like I, you know, did anything offensive that would have been, she was just being weirdo. But I, I know that if you don't come from a space of love and kindness and understanding, even if someone is a jerk, then you're coming from a place of what Satan wants you to have. Yeah. And so my second thought from after the, Oh, what did I do wrong? I went, 
oh my gosh, like I felt compassion. I felt, oh, she's buying into this anger. This anger drove her to repost. Like, like who has time to repost something like that stupid? But, but it was this anger and it made me sad that that's where she's buying into and that she's operating out of being, um, of being controlled or just not even controlled, but just influenced by Satan. And I just felt compassion. And I thought, and on another level, I thought, I wonder why. And I, I had a, I had an insight that, you know, maybe she's not where she's at in her life and where she thinks she should be. And so it makes her upset of where someone else is. And it's just hard to come from a place of love and kindness and understanding because she doesn't have a love and uh, she doesn't have love and kindness for herself. And so instead of even being, what did I do wrong? Or instead of looking at her like anger, I just was like, I was able to see this whole, like, how would Christ see it? Yeah. And that's really the whole point of, you know, I guess what we've been talking about is seeing things through God's eyes and it will release you. It's so freeing. I felt so yeah. free at that moment. I was like, Oh, I don't even care that you posted something negative. I feel bad for you. And, and, and in, a, in a kind way, not in like uh -huh. a, Jerk way. <laughs> Not in a mean way, like, oh, you, poor you, but more like, wow, you obviously need a lot of love. Interesting well, I, that you I don't relate that I've been in uh -huh, that spot uh -huh. where there's something I've wanted to be or do and I wasn't, and I felt like, mm, 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 you know. Yeah, exactly. but you didn't so, post a picture of someone. No, <laughs> no I but, didn't go that but, far, but I had those internal feelings. So I understood yeah. where she was coming from. But it was yeah. all about her, not me. Yeah, absolutely. that's the whole point of what I was saying. Like, it's well, how we respond is all about us, even totally. if someone is a jerk. I don't you feel like lately in in all aspects of the world, maybe it's just our world that we live in, you know, with our business and with like all of our, you know, life. But I just feel like everyone is waking up to that. It's like there's this major consciousness that's just like, I mean, it's like the scripture says, awake, awake. Like, wake up, people. This is about you. Like, this is totally about you, how you react to things, how you think. It's like, it's about you. And, and what we're saying to all of you listening, it's about you and your relationship to your Savior, Jesus Christ. It's that, actually. It's through that lens. I want to share quickly a, a response that I have changed in my marriage, too. Like, so I used to always say, you know, well, you did this and you made me feel bad or you made me feel angry or you made me feel just so freaking pissed off. I want to rage, you know, and, and I've, I've stopped saying that because you didn't make me feel anything. I chose to feel that way. And it, I'm telling you, if you shift that one thing in your relationships, again, whether it's marriage or your siblings or, you know, partner or anything. And you, instead of saying, you catch yourself saying, well, you made me feel like this instead saying, well, you did this. And then I chose to feel this way about it. <laughs> it's like this instant personal responsibility where you, you still may feel all those things. You know what I mean? Like you are, you're experiencing that in this body and those emotions and all of that. And you're choosing to feel it based on the perception that you have about it. So digging a little bit deeper into, well, where did that perception come from? Kind of like what you were saying earlier, Danielle, about your friend, your business partner, you know, like, well, what is it about that that you're holding on to that is, seems to be serving you in some way? And like, how could you shift that so you don't need to hold on to that anymore? You, you become free. You become unstrangled. Loose thyself. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck. 
O captive daughter of Zion. What would that be like for you to loose yourself? That is amazing. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And you guys, we've been, we've loved to be on with you to um, this uh, wonderful podcast. And I think what, what we should do is we'll, we'll, let's talk about this on our next one about choice and accountability. That just came oh, to my head. Good, good works and integrity. Yeah. Yep. I think so because <laughs> it is very freeing and uh, I want, I want us to be able to elaborate on that. So I have some more thoughts. So we'll, we'll join Love you um, next time on our next podcast. Wonderful to be with you guys tonight. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Sisters in Zion podcast. Music is compliments of Marshall McDonald and can be found on his Sunday Best album. You can share this podcast with others through your podcast app or Podbean website. Join us next week for more experiences, enlightenment, and conversations to draw closer to Christ.